welcome, welcome, all you hip kittens, to Professor Hoot's College of Musical Knowledge. Today, we're going to learn how to talk scat. Any, any of you uh, cats know scat? Yeah, yeah. sure. Go ahead, try it, Gordon. Oh, you mean like, uh... No, 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 no. Like this. Press the number one on your telephone now. Bear friends, you relax. Okay. Need to relax. All right. You're listening to Bear Friend Tea Party, the podcast about fashion and shopping. Bear Friend Tea Party. The podcast about words and how we use them. They are the podcast about puke and how to clean it up. Bear Friend Tea Party. This is the, world, the internet's uh, leading podcast on vomit and vomit related incidents. Bear Friend Tea Party. You're listening to Bear Friend Tea Party, the podcast about trash and. How to get a permit to burn it. Bear Friend Tea Party. You're listening up, to Bear Friend Tea Party, the podcast on how to deny residents of your neighborhood permits to burn trash. With us tonight on the podcast is uh, unemployed composer <laughs> and spreadsheet guru... Dr. Jonathan Bumpers. Oh, yeah! Uh, reality TV producer and family man, uh, Daniel Gunnard Beamish. Dad! I'm Jeremy <laughs> Mullis from North Carolina. Uh, Christopher Winter could not be with us tonight. He has taken ill. Where has he taken her? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, you seem to have misunderstood the... Uh, Thing I said. Bear friend tea party. So, on the podcast tonight, uh, segment one, we've got uh, classic hip hop albums, The Fat Boys Crushin' from 1987. Uh, segment album. two, How Many Steves Can We Name? And segment three. I'm going to reach deep into the Bear Friend Tea Party mailbag. Um, there's a very good comment on our blog for uh, episode 00004, Alley Cat Thinking About Fish. And uh, at the time, we weren't really reading comments, so this kind of slipped through the cracks. But it's a classic, and it is a common response to our podcast. Uh, Chris B. writes, Podcast number four is making me nauseous, whatever the horrible noise is. Seriously feel the need to throw up. Thank God it's stopped. My head. Um, so, yeah, well, Chris B., that's just, uh... Showbiz. <laughs> that's, that's showbiz. Hello? <laughs> Later, on episode, in response to episode 00007, and the doctor was Nicolas Cage all along, Chris B. commented, Podcast number seven has interesting conversation, but too much... Noise, and she uses quotes on the noise. Hmm. Seriously, Wait, so it's not really noise. Cut out the noise. 
What does that usually mean? they usually our listeners use quotation marks around the word music. Usually, yeah. <laughs> so I guess that's more and of a compliment. The, and then that was actually Crispy actually left another comment on that same episode saying and this is a little redundant, saying uh, Can you try using noise in moderation? I just well, don't understand well, why Well, Crispy, we, we, we tried to, and it got a little out of control, <laughs> I guess. But uh, I don't know. I, 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 uh, I, I, I did okay. Yeah, for, for using the noise in moderation, you really like Nailed were it. able to make a lot of noise. <laughs> <laughs> See, I'm able to make it seem working like... Within a, those, yeah. Working within those constraints. You're able to make it seem like a wall of sound. Heavy guys. Right, from Brooklyn. And what we do is rap. Rap is like just taking rhymes, taking words, right. making the, the last words of each sentence go together. But sound the same. <clears throat> Segment one. Classic hip-hop albums. The Fat Boys Crushing. 1987. I mean, ever since we started doing these uh, classic hip-hop album segments, um, people have been... Uh, writing in and saying these segments are horrible <laughs> you just keep repeating yourself yes that's I true i don't think you know anything about hip-hop the response has been tremendous um we're just so we're so gratified that, that so many people are so irritated jeremy you actually segment. you literally you literally said you do know nothing about hip-hop in the last time and another common common thing that people have been writing in is like, when are you going to talk about the Fat Boys crushing from 1987? Well, I think that I think the time has come. I've I've managed to condense my thoughts into. Four points I want to make about the album Crushing, and then uh, 
Danny, I know this is also an album that meant a lot to you as a ten-year-old child. Oh, yeah, oh, oh, oh. Tea party. Um, where'd you like learn to make those like sounds from? Let me before I get into my points, let's just run down the basics. The Fat Boys, they're a uh, they're an old-school hip-hop trio uh, made up of Prince Marky D, Cool Rockski, and Buff Love, the MC, aka the Human Beatbox. Um, active from roughly early 80s to early 90s, though really they're, they're, they're really only relevant from about 83 to 87, I would say. <clears throat> Crushin is uh, the name of their 1987 release. It's uh, their, their top-selling album, Went Platinum, and uh, I would say uh, I'm, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. It's uh, not without its problems, which we will get into, but uh, it's pretty good. Point number one, this album, this album is the embodiment of the so-called golden age of hip-hop. And let's unpack that for a second here. So the golden age of hip-hop is a period r- r- roughly from mm, mid-80s to early 90s. Um, people play, get, place it in, di- in different areas. Certainly, by the time Crushin' comes out, we are in the golden age of hip-hop, and certainly by the time that Puff Daddy is rapping about Godzilla, the golden <laughs> age is over. Is that really a thing? Yeah, that was a it, horrible, was, horrible thing. Is that, that on, on, is on the, the soundtrack the, the Godzilla, Godzilla soundtrack? soundtrack? Yeah, it was a promotional tie-in for the, I don't know, like, the remake. late 90s. The, the Matthew Broderick one, right? Oh, yeah. That, I didn't see it. Not the... No, that was the same... The same sa- the, That was on the same soundtrack that had a... Uh, a guys. Uh, a, a Green Day song that was... It was a remix, but the only thing that was different is there were Godzilla noises added. Because we're really just... We're in, like, the preamble to <laughs> my first... I know. I was so. just I was just thinking how awesome it was that nobody interrupted for a while. Okay, so go on. <laughs> <laughs> Where was I? Jesus Christ. You know, ever since so, we started... <laughs> ever since we started this podcast. So look, so I don't really like the term the golden age of hip-hop. I'm going to be using it in the context of this podcast because that seems to be... It seems to be a term that people use, and it's basically this transitional period between the old school and what we would consider the modern hip-hop period. Um, and this is a period, it kind of, this is when, when hip-hop is really coming into the mainstream. It's moving from the underground to the mainstream. It's starting to really become commercialized. It's starting to become something that we more would recognize as uh, the, the, the modern hip-hop. Now, I reject, I reject the term the golden age of hip-hop. There's a little bit of, when you, whenever you call something a golden age, there's kind of an inherent judgment there. The judgment, like, oh, that, oh, you know, that was when, you know, that was when they were making that good old hip hop, you know, before they come and started right. It's, about, an, appeal, like, it's an appeal to nostalgia, and, basically, right? Yeah, I, mean, it's I like, think like, so. And the people, things are terrible now, and you know, they used to be like more, yeah, more pure and more pristine and so forth. Yeah, and I and I reject that, and I really don't. I also think that when you call something a, to me like a golden age, implies something of like. 
a degree of stasis. It's like a period of stability almost, like the, the Pax Romana or something, you know? It's a period where things are great. People are having a great time and there's not a lot of tumult. And 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 the, uh, the so-called golden age of hip-hop is really a period where there's a lot going on. It's very chaotic, I think, in a lot of ways. I've come up with two other terms which I think are are better terms. I, I, one of them is the uh, the hip-hop Cambrian explosion, <laughs> I think is a better term. You know, hip-hop is, it was in this kind of slow period of like early development, and then when you get to the so-called golden age, you have this kind of explosion of different styles, different, a lot of experimentation, a lot of things going on, which is analogous to the evolutionary like Cambrian explosion. But the term I like even more for this period is the hip-hop axial age. I don't even get that. I I don't get it myself. (laughs) I think the axial age is a period, and I was hoping Chris would be on this podcast because he actually knows about history, but I believe that is the period between the kind of classical period... And like kind of the what we were, the Middle Ages and the early modern. It's this period. It's when and it's a period that, although it was very tumultuous, very chaotic, um, a lot of crazy shit going down. It's also the period that spawned a lot of uh, the thinkers who have shaped who have shaped everything that came after that. Jesus, Confucius, the Jesus. the Buddha, oh. etc. You know, Fuck. assholes, <laughs> but. Yeah, Important people, nonetheless. Yeah, yeah. Confucius was a cool dude. Yeah, I guess Buddha was alright too. So, to get back to the point I wanted to make, Jeremy, can I ask you a distracting yes, question? Yes, as, as long as please. as long as you're distracted. <laughs> yes, please. Uh, if if there is a hip hop uh, uh, analogous uh, Cambrian yeah. explosion, is there also a Sting- yes. KT <laughs> extinction event? I think if there was one. I think it might uh, correspond to uh, Puff the Daddy arrival singing of Puff Godzilla soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that. No, I think it might. I think probably if you were a scholar of hip hop, you might say that it it corresponded to some of the uh, copyright rulings that had to do mm. with sampling. Since I'm not a hip hop scholar and I really dislike Puff Daddy, I'm going to say that it just corresponded <laughs> to Puff Daddy. But this is a what? period. Th- okay, all right, yeah, all right. no, that's 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 kind of a huge aside. And so we can talk about sampling, and, but let's not sampling. And, but let's not do that. Do that. In my like listening to this, and I listened to this almost two times all the way through. <laughs> it uh, this is an album that really kind of straddles the old school and the new. There's like, and I think it's strongest when it remains in the old school, um, but like. So anyway, Sorry. that brings me to my second point. My uh, po- the second point I would like to make uh, this album this album is all over the place. It's all over the place in terms of style, in terms of quality, in terms of like the level of production. Um, if I in terms of whether or not the Beach Boys are singing, in terms of whether or not the fucking Beach Boys, yeah, it really are on straddles there. the fence on that one. It's, I mean. Yeah, some songs have the Beach Boys, some of them don't. That song is horrible. I wasn't going to mention that song yet, but so I could I would break down the the types of song on the songs on this album into three types. 
broad, speaking in broad strokes, it is 15 tracks, five of them are skits. Wait, hold, what are you talking about? What do you mean, what am I talking about? There are no skits, are you, I think you were listening to the wrong album. I was listening to the to Crushin. There's like there's there's five tracks that are just like them like fucking around. It's like they're like I No, th this tr this this album has 10 songs on it. And one of the things I was going to point out was that I was really happy that there were no songs that were just skits. The version I have has skits on them. Maybe they added that later in a re-release. Really? So like a re-release? Well, that's insane. Well, no, because actually yeah. I thought that was one of the one of the points I liked about it cuz there are sort of like Dialogues, but they're all contained within the song. Oh, maybe you know, maybe they moved those. Maybe they moved those when they like went to CD or something. They moved those into into separate tracks. No, 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 no. Because they're not. They're 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 in the music. They like one of them is the bridge. It's a phone call. Oh, she picked up this phone. It was ringing about twenty times. You know. And, you know, mostly they're just shout-outs, but, you know, talking about safe sex and things like that. So the entirety of my knowledge about this record comes from this Wikipedia article that I just pulled up right now. <laughs> I really hope yeah. I listened to the and, correct uh, album. Yeah, it only has 10, well, the Beach only Boys has 10 tracks on it. Oh, yeah, the Beach Boys were fucking on there. It was... was it, uh, did you listen to, did you listen to Pet Sounds? By accident, <laughs> it was terrible. No, well, did you, did you, did you download um, this from some file sharing service? Where the were all the tracks named like 001, 002, like because you might you might like there might be just some bullshit that has nothing to do with the album. No, it's in definitely like, the Fat Boys. So you don't have the track Fat Boys at forty, like forty years old. Well, they definitely weren't forty years you don't old have, in nineteen eighty seven. No, we don't have any of the skits. You don't have you don't have this. No, man. And, I, and I'm jealous. It must jealous be like a, I... a re, uh, you know. I'll bet it's. I'll bet it's just just some bonus material they threw in to yeah. to make the album crushing even more appealing. But anyway, I don't have much to say about the skits. Whenever they Can were added, add... yeah, please. Did they add, are they in, so they they added them in between tracks? But see, I, I, that definitely cheapens it. Like, like the problem that you had with the chronic. So I'm, 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 I'm here looking at mm. the uh, the Wikipedia article for the, the their discography, and there is no, I don't see any kind of reissue or you know re, whatever the hell. But uh, okay, so more, even more interesting, um, their last album proper was called Mac Daddy. Weird. So it's like the exact same title as that well-known Sir Mix-a-Lot album. When when was it released? Ninety one. Like, yeah. But that and then Buff Love died in like ninety two and they I think it probably Sir Mixalot killed him. <laughs> when when did Sir Mixalot's Mac Daddy come out? I'm pretty sure it was ninety nine ninety ninety. That's weird. Isn't That's that almost weird? as weird as the band Saves the Day having an album called Can't Slow Down. Oh, like the <laughs> Lionel Richie album? That is fucking that's a like a total mind fuck there. But <laughs> Especially since when I asked the singer about it, he had said he had did not know that <laughs> there was a Lionel Richie album that also had that. You know, I mean, title. it's it's a common problem not being able to slow down. It's. <laughs> <laughs> wasn't there at one point? Wasn't there a contest to guess your combined weights? Yeah, yeah. it was sponsored by Kiss FM. Yeah. They are the MKR puppy. 
Tower Records. And if you can guess all three weight, come up, all three of us, the combined weight of all three of us together, for every pound you win a can of Diet Pepsi and $20 cash. That's a lot of Pepsi, right? <laughs> so how, so uh, how much does three of you weigh? Well, at the time it was 718, now it's 8-something. Barefoot This album is all, all over the place. Straddling the old and the new of hip-hop, there's three types of songs. There are, in my version at least, some skits that are just kind of throwaway bullshit, but I don't want to waste too much time on that. The two kinds of tracks besides that that exist on this album, I would say there are some old-school rap tracks, and I'm talking about songs like Protect Yourself Slash My Nuts, Between the Sheets. These songs have kind of a little bit more of a free-form structure, there's a lot of like the fat boys, like just screwing around, having a good time. They're, you know, DJ Buff Love, the human beatbox, has a lot of room to play. And there's, there's not much in the way of like a kind of a melodic hook that unifies the whole thing. Uh, the other tracks, which I think are the weaker ones, are the kind of pseudo proto modern rap tracks. I'm thinking about tracks like Boys Will Be Boys. Falling in love. These are some of the weaker tracks. Wait, but they, uh, yeah, uh, never. Okay, I'll let in you my see. opinion, these are some of the weaker tracks. They're the tracks that kind of uh, are starting to kind of approach more the 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 modern hip hop uh, mainstream sound, where it's kind of there's a well defined hook that's kind of melodic and poppy, and there's a you're getting into a little more of a verse chorus structure. In the case of the Fat Boys, <laughs> these tracks are also really lame and kind of embarrassing at times but that's a matter of opinion in any case I don't even know how to categorize the horrible track that involves the Beach Boys I, I, I feel like there's some experimentation going on there but it's also just like as a whole that, that track is just garbage well you can kind of ign safely ignore that right because it's a cover well, it's, it's kind of a cover it, I mean what's interesting to me it, it, it's a track that is a cover of of the song... What was the name of that one, Dolores? That just... Pop out. Wipe out. Wipe out. Wipe out. Wipe out. Wipe out. Wipe out. That's what Wikipedia is. By says. the Surfaris, I believe. Yep. And yet, for some reason, it, it, it features the Beach Boys <laughs> singing backup vocals. Now, why you would pay, the, pay for the Beach Boys... Like, why not just have them singing a Beach Boys song? I guess that would cost even more. But it? but the Beach Boys like also did that song. They, they I, I believe they oh, covered they? Wipeout. I think so. Yeah. Well, there you. That makes sense. Oh. Okay. In any case, I mean, it's closely wait, associated. What with song is surfing. that? That's like a really obvious like song that everybody. Wipeout. Isn't it that one? Yeah. Yeah. And then at the beginning it says. Wipeout. Yeah. It sounds yeah. exactly like the song Black Eyed Susan Brown. Okay. I think I get that confused with the, the song Bird is the Word. No, that song goes Bird, 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 <laughs> Bird is the Word. Yeah, but it's other than that, it's like the same song, right? Or is Wait, that, am what? I thinking of Pachelbel's Canon? Wait, what is the what? I, I, I haven't, I haven't, uh, the, I haven't heard about Danny, that. Danny, don't you know that the bird is the word? I was under the assumption that everybody had heard. <laughs> <laughs> All right, sorry, sorry. So, so, we're, we're getting distracted. All right, so anyway. Yeah. Sorry, anyway, sorry, America. The uh, point being, and going back to my original point about the whole uh, transitional nature of the, the so-called golden age of hip-hop, 
I do think this is an album where it's all over the place. To an extent, it's understandable because hip-hop is changing so much during this time period. Um, so you've got, you've got a lot of very differing production values. Like if you listen to um, Protect Yourself slash My Nuts, which I want to talk about in more depth later... It's pretty rough. It's almost like I listen to that and I'm like, what is this? Is this like an Alan Lomax field recording of the <laughs> of the fat boys like performing live? There's a lot of like screw it around. It's like, why is that two songs in the first place? This brings me to my third point. When can we enter? Uh, you're okay. you're well, I have four points. This is number three. This is going to be a long hour, hour and three minutes. Hour and three minutes. The third point I want to make. So we're ahead of schedule. The song "Protect yes. Yourself" slash "My Nuts" is an amazing. Can I? Can I just say, I, can, I, for the listener that may not be familiar with this album, the, the this it's two songs in one. When he's when Jeremy says "slash," it's actually the uh, the, the the mark. That the is the character. actual title of the song of the track. Yeah, 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 it's not "Protect Yourself" slash "My Nuts." Oh. Like, it's not the word slash. It's, yeah. That it's, would just be gross. That wouldn't no, make any like sense. it's like a medley. Like, the first half of this song yeah, is... Yeah, it's a medley. Is a, yeah. Well, you is still a need some punctuation anyway. Kind of, kind of not that good rap It would be protect you yourself, wear a semicolon, slash my nuts. Well, it's, it, it's actually, like, it's... it's I, I'll let you... No, no, I I would like to. I would very much like to hear your thoughts on "Protect Yourself" slash "My Nuts." Well, I think that it's very uh, indicative. It kind of date, dates itself in the way it's very kind of like the late '80s. Like AIDS was on everybody's yeah. mind, and you know the crack epidemic was in full swing, and a lot of the sort of like uh, you know I don't want to say cleaner uh, rap groups, but more you know not not not. Uh, I mean, the fat boys don't cut like that like much. Will Smith kind of. Ugh. I'm not sure, but okay. Um, <laughs> I mean, I don't. Well, have, I don't Danny, know have you not heard Will Smith? Uh, I know next to record? nothing about hip hop or music production. <laughs> <laughs> but but this kind of you know plays into their image as kind of like a little bit more friendly, kind of like. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure what the term is, but, you know, they, they have some lyrics about, uh, you know, they have some lyrics about crack, that you shouldn't do, you shouldn't use crack. But it, it almost has a kind of PSA vibe to yeah, it. Yeah, the whole, the whole first half, the first section of the song is, that, like, the message is you, sh- you should wear a condom and you shouldn't smoke crack. Right. Uh, I don't know if it mentions, it mentions crack in the title song, Crushing. Oh, maybe they don't, yeah, maybe they don't mention it in that one. But... But I mean, that's it's yeah, it's 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 got that sort of uh, you know public service announcement vibe to it. Like they even say like this is a message coming at you from the there, fat boys. This is a message coming from the fat boys. Fat boys. Fat you know boys. what I'm saying? They go like this. Yeah. Which and I don't, I don't love that. It's fine if you don't want to do drugs or have unprotected sex. I think that's fine. You can be cool and not do those things. But I don't think you should. Sing or rap about not doing those things if you want to be cool. But that's what I mean. It's like that was kind of the vibe at the time. Yeah. That there's very much a backlash uh, in the community against that image of you know, just, uh, hooliganism and yeah. street drugs and 
promiscuity. I guess this would have been right in the right in the middle of the uh, crack epidemic. Well, in any case, to, I mean, to me, the part. Uh, uh, the first part of that song is just kind of weird where they're talking about how you should wear a condom. I really like the My Nuts segment of this song. It makes sense. I mean, it, it, they say, like, let's get stupid before they go into the trans... It's before they so, hit the... I mean, it's so weird. It's like a medley, but in like it's, but there's not like, it's not like there's a really like clean segue or anything. It's just like, all right, now we're going to move on to a different song. It's... <laughs> Let's get stupid, y'all. Yo, homeboy, who's seen him? Let's get stupid. A vaguely related, but like kind of contradictory. I love it. But it's a, it's a, it's an amazing track, and I love. I'll tell you. I want to talk don't, about. Don't give away the punchline. Are you gonna give away the punchline? What is the punchline when he says "monuts, monuts"? <laughs> No, that's the hook. No, that's, the, that's, that's the chorus, yeah. <laughs> I have, I mean, there's two things that I really like about the My Nuts part of this track. Okay. Number one, I love the, the whole feel of this song. It, it reminds me, it's so old school. It takes me back to, it reminds me of like an old folk song, like Down Where the Watermelons Grow, <laughs> or like the Big Rock Candy Mountain or something, in that like, all the verses are like they could go really be in any order they're basically totally unrelated they're they're merely just held together by by this kind of theme that like they're they're funny raps about one's nuts and they end they end in like the line my nuts my nuts yeah, you mean like it's so, like that yeah. down where the watermelons grow in the sense that it could be there's not a story arc it's just like a list of things I mean it's it's yeah Exactly. Yeah, and with a with a, like a the refrain after every you know two seconds. And I feel like in its original form, we obviously now we have this canonical version of "Down Where the Watermelons Grow" because we've all listened to that Homer and Jethro album. Right. But like originally, I feel like that's kind of a folk song form where you know you were free to make up your own verse. So like, oh, I like this verse this guy mm-hmm, sings, mm-hmm. and it's like you pick and choose. It's that kind of a song. We've kind of the song is really like the. Mm. And this like gimmick, it's got a mm. chorus, but the verses can be much more free form. And I feel like this is a song where you could easily like, oh, you know, this other rapper we know is in the house tonight. He can jump on stage and do his verse about his nuts. <laughs> oh. Well, you know what? I, I really like your point about about how it, like with with down where the watermelons grow and the song, how it's like it, it's a uh, you know the song is not it's not so much about the the thing, you know, it's about the the making of the thing. It's like the the ontology of the music is that it's a process rather than a product. But but there is a major difference <laughs> that you're overlooking, and that is the that is the punchline. That what is, is the punchline. The, the, what is the? Let's punchline? go ahead and ruin I, I that. That is the punchline. Like down where the watermelons grow is a nonsense song. Not to disparage it, but it's a nonsense song similar to uh, this medicine is no good. That could just be like any number of verses. It could go on for <laughs> X. Who broke the lock on that now's door? Yeah, or 
big rock candy or, or who put the bump in the bump a bump a bump yeah or yeah. who pumped the wind in my donut or, <laughs> or uh, <laughs> November rain <laughs> yeah that that one has a solo <laughs> but go on what, what is the punch we will be discussing that solo on cl- classic hair metal solo <laughs> <laughs> which I know people have been asking um, for November rain for since we started doing that segment yeah now, here's the deal. You're right that the verses are nonsensical sort of ribaldry. I don't... And I mean that in a... Yeah. Like, I love that. No. I love that about it. That's, that, that, is, that is a house opinion. <laughs> this on this podcast. <laughs> but, okay, so... But it goes like... like uh, what are some examples of, like, you know... Uh, my nu- me and my nuts are a real deaf three. Him and his two testicles. Yeah. They don't do mm-hmm. nothing else but hang with me. Right? Yeah. Uh, nice. We're nice. we're a real cool team on the football field. Uh, something something something. Manuts! Manuts! Got, got that little echo on it. It's, it's, yeah. it's genius. And that, that really drew me in as a ten year old. But um you know, and it goes like one is black and the other is white, and I was like, what what's wrong? Well, what kind of a testicle does this guy have? I see. I interpreted mm. that as part of a uh, part of uh, his multiracial identity. Yeah. Okay. Fine. Mm. That's see. That's complicated, right? So, so like <laughs> his different his nuts are like indicative of of like different facets of his. Well, psyche. no. Then it's, that's what I thought, and I was like, oh, because the white looking one must be like half black and half white. But then mm-hmm. it turns out he's Puerto Rican. So you guys are <laughs> so, you guys are overthinking it because it's like. You know, it's like if, if you're gonna fight with me, you gotta fight. No, if you're gonna fight my nuts, you gotta fight me too. Uh, you know, that makes sense. It's like you know, survival of the fittest kind of. Okay. But then, if you know, listen to it again. At the end, he says something. I, I don't remember the exact lyric leading up to it. It's like the 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 essence is. Well, this has all been fun. I don't remember what the exact, I don't remember what the, how it's exactly phrased, but it's like, well, it's all been fun, but cool and buff are the nuts I'm talking about. Well, you know, in a way, it's, a, it's no, 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 no. That's the punchline. Like it's an appeal to tolerance, right? No, because like no. if one one it's, is black and the other is white. And if that looks dumb, hey, yes. that's all right. No, John, one of listen. One is black and one is Puerto Rican. One of the, yeah, so he's talking. Uh, no, the, uh, one of them is, no, it's not. He's talking, it's, it's a pun. He's like, my nuts, my, my crew, the other yeah. two fat boys yeah. are my nuts. Me and my nuts are real deaf three. It's like, okay, it's the three of us. Yeah, yeah. and deaf was like a thing <laughs> that you wanted to be at the time. Okay, but th- I don't think that undermines. So the... it's like I mean, it's like a play on words, uh, you know. Yes, uh, on multiple but the, levels. The whole, the whole time, yeah, and the whole time you're like, okay, it, it basically it's a, it's a it's a reversal. It's a punchline. They are friend of tea party. Um, go to self. Go on to your go on to your next the point. Second I, thing I kind of that, interrupted the you. The second thing that fucking blew me away about this track is that it's like a reference to the Muppet Show. What? Really? Oh wait, so his wait, so his nuts are like Statler and Walter. <laughs> it's more. It's much more explicit than that. 
Okay. So, like, if you listen to the chorus of this song, it's like, Manuts, Manuts, and then, like, Buff Love comes in, it sounds like on a kazoo going, and then it's Manuts, Manuts, and if you think about it, there's that Muppet Show song, the Manuts, it's like, and it's, Manamana. but instead of manamana, it's manuts, manuts. Wow. And it's subtle. I never noticed that. I, I wonder, wow. It, you, like, but no, and I'd heard this song like sev- like several times before, like, because it's a great song. But just listening to it this time, I realized, like, they're totally riffing on the Muppet Show. Do you think that's like a conscious thing? It's definitely like, conscious. It's definitely conscious. Manuts, manuts, do, 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 do. That brings me to my fourth point. Of of this sub No, my fourth my fourth point of this segment, which is uh, the fourth thing that I really came away from this album with. I mean, and I'll have a conclusion also, of course, but. <laughs> I, I think the real talent of this group is Buff Love, a.k.a. the original Human Beatbox. Nailed it. <laughs> Do you agree? You're going to talk, like... I yeah. mean, he's fucking amazing. <laughs> Just... And it's, like, it's incredible when you think back, like, this is this is back in, this is in the 80s. They don't have, like, computers and shit. And this is, like, you're, like, ripping this shit live. You're mixing it up. He's sitting there with, like, you know, he's got probably... I'm assuming a TR-808 drum machine, a couple of turntables, yeah, maybe a sampling keyboard, and he's got the Buff Love pipes. Just give us a demonstration of what you do, human beatboxer. I'll, right. I'll step back. Like spitting that shit himself, mm-hmm. and he's just like throwing this shit together. It's fucking amazing, and it really like when you listen to like some of the better, like the more old school tracks on this album, they have that really like uh, live feel that you really don't get in modern pop music or hip hop music at all. Like it's it, it, it's it, there's an energy to it that's that's really rad. In which I really like. No, it it is it is really rad, and I also I listened to this album today, uh, in its entirety, possibly for the first time. <laughs> um, I mean, like start you know soup to nuts, um, paying attention soup the whole time, to nuts. and um, whatever that means, really. Um, and I was also struck by the consistent freshness of Buffs. Human beatboxing. It's, I mean, it's crazy, and it well, and every and like he's he's human beatboxing and emceeing at the same time. Yeah, probably. But what struck me is that how influential he, his style of beatboxing has been. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, it sounds stupid when when we do it, but it's like somehow like what is okay. I understand that when he goes when it's. <laughs> It's supposed to be like a snare drum, or it's you know it's like that tool in the beat, and then yeah, the, I was reading, the the, and I was reading the but, as a record scratch, but also maybe a place where he's yeah. taking a breath. 
Well, yeah. <laughs> I don't think they, there's any breath taken there because yeah. it's like it's like uh, you know it's a well, garbage. It's like no equal in and equal out. <laughs> I am not. I am. I, and I would, I would but never. No. But I want to tie this in. I want to tie this back into when we were talking about the chronic. One of the one of the things I said is like I don't know why. At the end of the song, Dre just leaves the fucking beat playing for like a minute at the end of the song. And I think yeah. when I listen to it in the context of the <laughs> Fat Boys, like there's a lot of times in the uh, it, it, on this album and on other Fat Boys albums where there's like, you know, there's a breakdown where it's, it kind of just goes back to the beat. But yeah, that's where Buff Love is taking his solo. That's his verse well, where he's like, well, hold on a minute. Shit. This, that's not always true. I th- there are a couple of songs where Buff has a clear beatbox solo. Yeah, uh, one of them obviously one of them is in the the bridge to falling in love uh, when he he woos a girl over the phone. <laughs> <laughs> I think <laughs> I, I may have skipped that track. That <laughs> no, you, no, you and and I suggest this is one of the things that has infuriated me about your opinions from the beginning <laughs> of this segment is that you classified the song falling in love as one of the not good songs and indeed one of the not old school songs when in fact that has one of the more you know uh, impressive examples of Buff's human beatboxing the the, br- the bridge is a telephone call between him and the girl he's wooing and then he gets all choked up and the, the girl is clearly sort of like not impressed Hello? She's like laughing. You can hear no, people in the background. She's like, "Hurry up! I gotta go." And he's like, "All right, I can't tell you what's on my mind, but I can do this." And he starts going like, "I love you," and then, and then the girl goes, "Oh, that sounds so good, Bob." I love you. Okay, that that I do remember that part. That was pretty good. I just hate the fucking no, I, hook to that song. The hook to that song is so insipid, and it just reminds me of like of everything that I dislike about a lot of modern mainstream hip hop. Yeah, but okay, there's the hook in the beginning, and then like in, in most. In love is yeah, yeah, yeah. A serious serious thing to do. No, it's but it, it, again, it's kind of has that that um, harkens back to the PSA vibe, like you know, kind of giving you good advice on what to do uh, yeah, about I guess you know so. I didn't important know. social topics. You know, you know, you, you better watch yourself. You know, don't don't. <laughs> but most of the most of the verses besides the rapping are him are Buff sort of just like talking. They're like, you gotta watch yourself, man. It's crazy out there. You don't know who to love. You know, my girl says I love you, but how do I know that? It's a good. It's a good point. You guys, you you keep saying a PSA vibe, and I'm picturing uh, like a, a collaboration with Ken Nordine, <laughs> right? And McGruff. Like he comes in in the middle, and he's like, you know, <laughs> right? He's like, yeah. Tell me about this. How does it feel? How does it feel to you? What do you mean? <laughs> You know what I, I mean. I'm, right. I'm talking I, about the street value of a dime bag. Oh yeah. <laughs> I still don't know who Ken Nordine is. This is totally no, you, he's the guy from the the Vegetable Chronicles. That, oh, apples, really? potatoes, tomatoes. Yeah. <laughs> oh really? Yeah. I mean, he's got a bunch of records of his own where he's like. No, a, yeah. a lot of them are, are like. There's two of him. Uh, he's talking to himself. And... Right now, this very moment. 
as we speak. A paradigm shift of equal magnitude has grabbed the world of video. A paradigm shift. So yeah, anyway. hey Danny, have you ever listened to have you ever listened to the Fat Boys debut album, their self-titled debut? No, but I was reading just now when I was trying to figure out what the hell your re-release with the 15 tracks is. I read that their al- their debut album was re-released in a pizza box. <laughs> I have to tell you, so in conclusion, Crushing is a great album, and it's a really interesting kind of historical piece. It really sums up a lot of what's going on in hip-hop in that period, in my opinion. But if you're going to listen to just one Fat Boys album, I highly recommend their debut album, Fat Boys. It's so good. It's all like old school stuff. The tracks are much longer. The debut, the 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 opening track is like eight and a half minutes long, <laughs> and it's called, I think it's called In Jail. No, no, it's called Jailhouse. Jailhouse Rap. Rap. Yeah, it describes how they went, how like he went to jail for like breaking into a pizza place and then he ate the pizza but then he like ate so much pizza he got tired and and like he just t- took a nap and then like the police found him there etc etc et really somebody, good somebody has an album called In Jail right? Slick Rick Slick Rick? It's called Behind Bars I thought it was called In Jail but it was, it was recorded in jail the chorus of Jailhouse Rappies it was after in Slick Rick jail. gets fired <laughs> that that see that sounded like Carmen Sandiego. In jail. <laughs> In jail. In jail. So good. The warrant. If you haven't listened to, I, I highly recommend. Like that album is enjoyable from the beginning to the end, and it's like, it's brilliant. And I I, I do think their the, the more <clears throat> the, their old school stuff I just think is much stronger. And that album is old school from the. Uh, all the way through, it's fantastic. Well, there's something to be said for that, Jeremy. I mean, at the beginning of this segment, when you said that the the Fat Boys were <laughs> relevant pretty much from, like, 84 through 87, I mean, this album came out in 87, so... Yeah. It was, like, the pinnacle of, of the, <laughs> you know... Well, or, or it was the sort of, like, death knoll of it. The Crushin' was the, there's their biggest-selling album, mainly because it was released... You know, in the height of their buzz, yeah, and and that's why everybody bought it. But it was really due to the strength of their prior releases. So in mm. that way, it's almost exactly analogous to Metallica's Black album. But I just I just made that up. No, that sounded really insightful. That was that was insightful. Bare Tea Party. I should, we have to talk about the album cover to their debut release. That's the one where there there there's a pizza box and there's yeah on top the, of the pizza. The album cover to their debut release, Fat Boys. The three Fat Boys are standing there. Um, on the left, I believe, is Buff Love holding an ice cream cone and a sugary soda and sticking his tongue out. Um, in the middle is is hmm. what's his face the the other black one looking happy and then on the on the right is uh, the Puerto Rican one eating a giant hamburger and then floating <laughs> in front of them and, and and breaking out of the frame highlighted by a hot pink halo 
is a pizza box. <laughs> Breaking the fourth wall. <laughs> Breaking the fourth wall, contain, which contains a pizza with one slice out of it. And inside the pizza box are three smaller fat boys <laughs> dressed in prison garb. To the three of them together holding what to them is a, a single giant slice of pizza <laughs> and all about to bite into it. It's, I, I mean, I would say that that album cover is probably the greatest work of art of the 20th century. <laughs> it's very surreal. I mean, it, it's like... I mean, uh... It's brilliant. It's absolutely See, brilliant. I, it's funny that this discussion could turn toward the brilliance of their first album cover because I figured we would be talking about the album cover to Crushin. <laughs> <laughs> Which I would, I, would, I would love to talk about that. Did you, so. mention, did you mention that one of them is also holding an ice cream cone? <laughs> I, I, yeah, I yeah, did. Yeah, so, okay. There's so much to say. <laughs> but it bears, it bears repeating. <laughs> I believe that's Buffalo. Because ice cream and pizza so they, are... But the question in my mind is, is, is are the, the miniature versions of themselves like... Like, uh, are the full size versions? Uh, are the full size versions like like? Are they having some sort of argument or disagreement with the the miniature versions? Like the miniature versions like snuck in and stole the pizza? No, I don't think or, they're interacting. I think they think, but 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 the the one that's holding the ice cream cone really looks like he's looking at them. You know, it defies a simple explanation. <laughs> I don't think I don't think you can I don't think you can place just one reading on it. Here's what's great. If you look at, like, the Fat Boys album covers over the span of their careers, like, the, um, the two rapping ones, they stay about the same size, but, but Buff Love just gets fatter and fatter to the extent that, like, after crushing, he has to be, like, sitting down. <laughs> I know one of them isn't actually all that fat. One of them is really not that needs fat. To be, needs, to, needs to be said. <laughs> You know, none of them are really exceptional. Well, look at on the first album. On the first album cover, none of them are that fat. Yeah, Buffalove is like a little chunky. Which one is Buffalove? I think he's the fat one with the, glasses. The one with he's the, the ice fat cream one. Yeah, <laughs> he's the one with the ice cream cone and the sugary soda. Okay, <laughs> he's the one in the middle on the uh, Crushing album cover. I think the one with the medallion and the like uh, uh, oversized. Inexplicable green hat. He's, he's the one who died in 1992 at the weighing 450. Oh, that's, pounds. that's so. That's why he's not yeah, listed as a current he, he, member. No, he died by being fat. Yeah, death he by being literally fat. Literally died by being that's, fat. And that's in fact why that song was dedicated to the fat boys. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, although my client did not die of natural causes, I must concede that neither was he murdered. He died by being fat. See, I was going to get into one of the first things that struck me about this album as a, as a 10-year-old was uh, the, the album cover to Crushing uh, features a... Uh, the, the, the Fat Boys are in a junkyard. And there there's a junked-out old... Uh, what looks to be maybe like a... Some kind of old muscle car, and it's it's um it's all junked out, and somebody has uh, put some graffiti on the side of it, this, and spray paint that says "Crushing," and it's unclear whether they came upon this junkyard car. It said "Crushing," and they named their album after it, or if this concept was decided in advance. 
and they staged it. Uh, regardless, it's kind of low effort because it seems like they should be crushing the car, you know, because they're fat. Now, you know, but the, but that the car is, the car is completely intact. <laughs> it's see exactly. You're you just that's, hit. That's on why the it's pulse. so brilliant. <laughs> no, the, it, why it's so brilliant is that I, with. Okay, the three fat boys are standing on top of the car. They're standing on top of the okay, car. Okay, we agree on that. Yeah. I think we can all <laughs> agree they're all, on that. They're all, yeah, they're all posturing. There's no, no contention here. <laughs> they're posturing. You know, and, and the hood of the car is kind of up, and there are other junked-out cars in the background. <laughs> but they're all standing on the car, and they're kind of aping and posturing, each in a different way. One of them's got his fist back like he's about to punch you, and the other one... Kind of standing on one leg, like a like he's got like he's holding a marionette or something. The other one, who I think he's just pointing. But yes, Jonathan, it is amazing that you bring that up because I don't know. Here's the this is the original J J card from the cassette that I got from my like tenth birthday. Yeah, can we agree uh, that they're all standing on top of the they car? Are, right? Wait, Definitely. hang on a sec. Wait, they're pretty clearly. Can we go back just a second? Yeah. Those things are called J cards? Yeah, they're shaped like a J. Oh, yeah, if you're looking at it from the... the Hold it up again? Like the top down. So that... But when when you open up the sleeve, there... <laughs> the fat boys are gone. Oh, and, and the, the car, car is... And the car is crushed. Oh, so that's brilliant. listening to the album causes the car to be crushed. Or the fat boy's weight, I think, is possibly... <laughs> The implication, yeah, but but it's but the weight is not it's not just the weight of their mass; it's also the weight of their words. It's also uh, the it's weight, weight of, of their and, 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 and the portent behind them. What the portly portent? Wordplay. How many hamburgers? Two. A piece. Yeah. Alright, six hamburgers. I'll pretend I'm ordering it, right? I'm, I'm working with you and I'm the road manager. Alright, I'll have six hamburgers. Three orders of fries. Three orders of fries. Yes, this is breakfast order. Yes, go six ahead. Six cokes. Six cokes. Six cokes, please. Four apple pies. Four apple pies. What do you think about their rapping skills? Uh, well, I think that they have a lot to say. <laughs> <laughs> I think that their their flow is generally. I like that they're they're always very sort of um, optimistic, <laughs> and they don't really posture that much. They don't say like, they, they don't really get into how awesome they yeah, are. They're kind of a little bit selfless. It's socially it's socially responsible. MC technician, highly respected in my position. Cool Rock Ski, <laughs> the chief rocker of rap. BB in the battle, get off that crack. <laughs> See there, don't do crack. But that's that's in the song "Crushing." I think that's probably the most like uh, you know self-aggrandizing yeah. track on there. You have a lot of uh, you know things that are a lot of songs as we discussed the public service announcement style, like you know advice type songs. Don't fall in love until you've known the girl at least two or three months. <laughs> um, they, so when they say not to fall in love, do they mean not to have sex? They probably do. <laughs> Just don't 
fall just in love. Just use a con- just use just just use a condom. Oh, one of the things that I really like about their hip hop about their rapping style is that they they do this thing where it's like um, they share one line constantly. It won't, it, oh, won't, I like that. it won't just be like a call and yeah. response, but it'll be like a call with a response inside of it. Mm, like a, if the a, line a, is a res- it line is well, kind of just like one guy saying the other line like like. Like, the, the line is, if using a condom makes you feel kind of queasy, it'll be like, one person will say, if using that, the other one will say, condom makes you feel kind of queasy. It's like, kind of a trade-off, yeah. you know? Like, I don't know what you call that, but it's, and honestly, I don't know if the fat boys were the, were the first people to do that. And this kind of brings me to my next point. Been, they, that, I mean, they may have been very out of breath for MCs at the time. <laughs> So somebody got to fill in for. I needed to, to like come in and like. Um, oh, you know that happens in choral music a lot, where there's like if 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 one section has to, you know, it runs out of air, has to take a breath, and the other section will sort of like go down an octave to cover that section's note. Yeah, I well, think I think it happens in a more. It also happens in like folk music too, in like like uh, like Balinese like hocketing, and that kind of crap. I got that vibe too. Yeah. I'm so glad that you mentioned um, <laughs> choral music. I feel like I do feel like this. One of the things that's most striking when you listen to this, like really old school shit, is the meter is so rigid, and it it's just like. That's exactly yes, yes, yes. That was one. There's no, there's no rubato MC to it at all. Technician, highly respected in my position. Kurowski, the chief rocker of rap, beat me in the battle. Get off that crap. The beats on those two and the four, you know, is the emphasis. And like, if you like pull up the lyrics to Crushin, it's like each verse is four rhymed couplets, and they're in that meter. And like, compare that to like pull up the lyrics to. to like the first song on the chronic it's like totally free form and like it's you know in this period of rap we're kind of letting the meter determine the words in the rap and later on we like we move to this place where we're kind of letting the words determine the meter the meter can mm. like stretch and move mm. around and like now yes, I noticed Sir, that Sir Mix-a-Lot too. kind I of has that, that quality like, too yes, doesn't he yes so, I was yeah, about to say to that to the point that like that that really old school rap it's like kind of it's got that like such a cliche. Yeah. I'm the master rapper and I'm here to say I love fruity pebbles <laughs> in a major way. He loves fruity pebbles in a major way. The bedrock yellow, yellow orange, orange, purple, lime, and red. <laughs> but to get the fruity taste, I got a trick, Fred. <laughs> I got a trick, Fred. Once upon a time, old stories tell us there was a duke whose name was Theseus of Athens. He was lord and governor, and in his time, he was such a conqueror. That's from the Canterbury Tales. <laughs> this is like- well, because that 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 was what like got picked up on by like when, when rap started getting big. It's like when you know mainstream corporate culture is trying to cash in on it. That's what they picked up on it. Like they're like, oh, that's what that's the easiest thing mm. to take from it is that meter. So all the hokey sort of like oh. like uh, inauthentic kind of like you know raps about like Kellogg's cereal and shit. We're all, all like, they're that hokey so that, because that's what—that's all they take, and there's nothing left. That's why that becomes such bullshit. Is like, like, like it, when when I was in middle school, my, my 
our teachers made us perform a song about the rainforest. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, we, we did that. <laughs> the rainforest rap. The tropical rainforest. Right. All oh. that beauty. Oh, right. Oh, it's something about, like, long tail macaws and love songs. The tropical rainforest. The tropical rainforest. Whoa, we did that too. in love. Is a series. Yeah, whatever happened to the rainforest? Did we Why cut did that down? We all did. Nobody that? cares about that. So weird. Fuck that. You shit. did that in in kindergarten. We did that in public school. We did that in. Yeah. I think I was probably in like third grade. We weren't or even something. in the same school. It was, it, that was that was how powerful the draw of the rainforest <laughs> was. I don't know. And hip-hop. I mean, that makes total sense to me. Like that's like it, now that it like what, as soon as you've like actually taught a class, you know, like, oh, that's an easy lesson plan. <laughs> Play this fucking video for them. You know, they can laugh about that for like 10 minutes and then, then okay, now read the lyrics. And they'll be talking about it that. 20 years later yeah. on a podcast. Bullshit. <laughs> fucking yeah, fuck the rainforest. That's what I fuck, say. Yeah, I was gonna, I, actually, Jonathan, I was gonna dick. draw the parallel, gonna draw the parallel between uh, the Fat Boys and Sir Mix-a-Lot in that they <laughs> Have a they, they, you can listen to several of their songs and it seems like they're repeating the same vocal phrase. Like you sure, you could. Sir Mix a Lot, perhaps even. With this kind of a bop from the stove. Yeah, no, it's pretty, right. it's pretty pronounced. And, and the Fat Boys, when I was listening to that album, I was like, there's some songs when it could have been another song. Mm. And, like, the, there are some, some songs on Crushing that don't have as much character. as Like, like I, if you sang a line from, I don't know, Rock Rulin', I might not be able to pick it out from a line from, you know, Boys Will Be Boys. But well, if you say, if, brings... if you, yeah, if you just sang it, like, by yourself. <laughs> right. Like, yeah, you don't like Buffapella. You you're not talking about like playing a clip of the song. You're talking about like you know the vamp because they're, they're all kind of they're all, the beats oh, are, are all the same <laughs> tempo. Oh. Well, I mean, I mean, and, oh. I mean, I well, think so you're saying a little yeah, you know, more and there, Buff, right? Buff is a, a good bit, beatboxer, yeah. but he, he also yeah. has kind of a rigid phrasing to him because it'll be like bump, 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 bump. Turn around, turn around, turn around, turn around, turn around. And this turnaround is usually like, ooh, uh oh, uh oh, You know what I mean? Well, yeah, but I mean, you were, you know, it was party music. It was like, you know, you were listening to this shit at the club. It was like, that's kind of. At the Kansas City Country Club? Yes, or the Carriage Club. But not the Rock Hill Club. Certainly not the Mission Hills Country Club. So, but. Oh. All of our Mission Hills yeah. Country Club listeners just spit out there. <laughs> they, yeah, they, they just, just unsubscribe. Did a spit take That's with it. Their... <laughs> they, they just spit out their '76 Jordan. Jeez, <laughs> rewind that. I mean, I'm going up to Connecticut tomorrow night to sing, and I know they'd love to hear a little rap. What go there? Read it. Go back in that transcript of this podcast <laughs> that you printed out and are reading for me, and. <laughs> I type, typed out on the typewriter. <laughs> Print out and wrote on out the, on the steno. <laughs> uh, okay, we're kind of off on a tangent here. All right, so is everyone satisfied? With, <clears throat> does anyone else? Does anyone have yeah, anything else to say more, about? Yeah, I do, I do have more to say. It's uh, listening back to it. I was surprised at how much electric guitar there is on this album. 
I oh I hate that. <laughs> that was a point that I was gonna make and I took it out and I was just like I don't even want to go there. But yeah. Well, Crushin yeah Crushin has a guitar lick and it has a but one of the songs has a straight up wailing guitar solo. I think it's like uh, between the sheets. You know what? You know what I think it is. And the Beastie Boys "Fight for Your Right to Party" yep. came out in 1986. This came out in 1987, and they're trying to cash in on that. Cause well, that's the, exactly yeah. Hell no is basically yeah. "Fight for Your Right to Party" in message and uh, aesthetically. I mean, it's better than "Fight for Your Right to Party." Yes, but, it is. But it's still like there are times when I listen to that song and I'm like, I really want to like this, but it makes me think of the Beastie Boys, and I hate thinking about the Beastie Boys because I hate the Beastie Boys. Why do you yeah, hate no. the Beastie Boys? I, well, I hate the Beastie I've never, Boys. I never thought about why. Took it on faith, huh? I, I well, two reasons. <laughs> <laughs> number one, they're just so fucking obnoxious. And number two, they have this, like, they're like, there's all these, you know, these people that that like the Beastie Boys that are, like, hipsters and, like, into music. And they're like, no, no, they're, they're actually really good. And, like, you know, like, and they'll, they'll like, these, these Beastie Boys apologists who will, like, who will say, like, oh, you know, you know, that early stuff, you know, like, Fight for your right to party. That's obnoxious, but they know they're being obnoxious, you know. And they're like, that's kind of the joke. And I listen to that sign. I'm like, really? They really are they in on the joke, or are they just fucking obnoxious? I think they're just fucking obnoxious. Well, what's obnoxious about it? Is it like? What do you mean? What's obnoxious about it? Everything. I've never heard it. I've never heard any Beastie Boys. Oh well, see, that's why. Except you're for asking. except for the bumper. I've heard the bumper music on. Neil deGrasse Tyson. You heard. You gotta fight. Party. You haven't heard that. It sounds like a valuable message. <laughs> I mean, it is a positive message. It's like you know, I, you gotta raise your freak flag. You know, I mean, it's like that's. It's... Oh, it is so not living. Freak flag. No, but fight for your right yeah, to no, party. Can we? Can sounds, we? Sounds like a positive. Let's, it sounds. Let's. Sounds, I think the beast. Uh, I think the. Um, Fat Boys song "Hell No" is everything that the Beastie Boys are trying to accomplish, but effortlessly instead of failing. Yeah, I, th- I think to an extent, I think you're right. I think it's it's just tainted by like, sure, by just the memory of of that Beastie Boys song. It's just kind of like I can't listen to the Led Zeppelin song "Cashmere." There's nothing wrong with that song, but I can't listen to that without thinking about that. That fucking Godzilla song that Puff Daddy sampled Kashmir in. It's like that song is ruined forever. And granted, the chain of causation is going in the other direction there, but. No, but Hell No, the song, okay, the Fat Boy song Hell No is a good example of one of the things that struck me about the, the vocal stylings of these three gentlemen. Compared to a lot of rappers, they're doing a lot of shouting. <laughs> I, I think they sometimes they're verging on That's a real screaming. deep point there. Can you unpack that, Danny? Can well, you unpack that a little? But, but, but I think that's striking in that they don't they don't come across as mean or or, or overtly angry most of the time. They're just kind of really pumped up about things that they just have to be I mean, especially when they get back and forth hell trading, no when they're trading off vocals they're just like 
You're like, I went for a ride with who? My <laughs> You know, they're just like, they're working each other up and feeding off each other's energies and just getting like, yeah, really into it. Yeah, yeah but I think hell, rap was a little more shouty back then. Hell no is probably the closest they come to genuine anger. But, and it is like, <laughs> it, it, then even that has the call and response element to it where it's like, I said, boy, what? Do you even care? I said, hell no. <laughs> hell no. It's like trying to be subversive and yet at the same time being like so unsubversive. <laughs> Kind of right, like yakety yak or something. Like <laughs> yakety yak. Don't talk about it. <laughs> like, like uh oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> I was thinking yakety sack. It's like the, the, the only thing that's actually subversive about it. I, mean, I guess they're using the word hell, which maybe yeah, was a little like that's that's kind of risque. risque at the time. Like yeah. now, like. No, that, that, actually, they, yeah, I noticed that there wasn't much swearing throughout the album, and there's also one. I think it's even in that song when, the, you know, the, the the couplet is something like something, 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 glass. And then you're like, uh-oh, that's, they're going to rhyme that with ass. But I bet that they do one of those things because it's sort of a clean thing. I, I, I bet they sort of like have a sound effect instead or, you know, but then they actually say ass. <laughs> oh, they do. So it's... Yeah. Hell and oh, well, I downloaded the clean version of the album, but... <laughs> oh, so there was a hilarious sound effect, such it's... as... Or... Or maybe even... Happening on, there? On, on my version, it's heck no. <laughs> I said, no thanks! I said, no sir. No ma'am. Bear Friend Tea Party. Segment two How many Steves can we name? Three. Two, one, go. Uh, wait, 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 can we name our terms here? Uh, no. Does Stevens uh, count? Yes. Yeah, uh, but but uh, yeah, with a V or with a PH. How long do we want? One minute? One minute? Two uh, minutes? Well, do probably. How about two minutes? But uh, they, do they have? They have to be famous Stevens. They have to be Stevens that we would. What about, know about? What about like like moderately famous? Like people. Who are probably it's like, fine. it's fine. You know what? Just forget it. We'll just, you know. we'll just, we'll just, we'll just, we'll deal two, with it when we get there. One, go. Steve Jones. Steven Ambrose. Steve Tyler. Steve Jobs. Steven Tobolowski. Steve Reeds. Steve Reeds. Steven Cummings. George. Stevenopolis. <laughs> Steve Stevens from the Vince Neil band. Uh, Steve Albini. Oh, nice one. Nice one. Uh, from the Shellac band. My dad's friend Steve Judd. No, he's not famous. Steve. My brother knows about. <laughs> Damn it. What about, so okay, here's one. Oh, Steve from Blues Clues. 
and Steve. Uh, okay. Uh, Steve, Steve, Stephen Hawk. Eleven Steve. Steve Applegate. Famous Steve. He's famous, right? Steve Morello. Famous what is Steve. Stephen Applegate? Famous Steve. He was the director of the camp that Danny and I used to go to. Yeah, that does. That's that about it. That's like Steve Jobs. Right. No, 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 no. Steve. Steve. Okay. Steve. <laughs> Um, Stephen uh, Hawking. Stephen Tyler. Steve. That we're just repeating ourselves now. This is a pathetic number. This is hard. Even Steve. Ray Stephen. Steve Halpert. Twelve Steve. The street. Steve Martin. Thirteen Steve. Did he die? You know, Ahab and Aaron. I was thinking of Robin Williams. Yeah, that's not Steve. Steve, Steve, um, Stevie Wonder. Stevie Wonder. Stevie, uh, Stevie, 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 isn't Stevie, <laughs> hmm. uh, Stevie Ray Vaughan? Stevie Ray Vaughan. Steve. Nice. Dave, Dave, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> Robert Louis Stevenson. Oh, I'll give you uh, Robert. Like that one. Uh, uh, Neil Stevenson. Oh, nice. <laughs> 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 That was really hard. We should try that again next week. See if we can get any more Steves. <laughs> see, see if we actually do more poorly. So that that came to a total of... Total number of Steves. 15. Steves. <laughs> see if we can... When? I, di- I didn't think we would be able to name... Total number of Steves. 15. Steves. Yeah, let's see if we we should do that every every episode. We should see if we can beat our best. <laughs> should we choose a different name every time? No, we should we'll just stay with Steve, and we'll get like really really good at it. But it'll always be two minutes. <laughs> but do we have to start, do we have to name all of them every time, or can we sort of pick? No, it it's up not cumulative. It's like it just becomes an exercise, and eventually we'll be famous for like being able to like. Name a bunch of Steve. Really guys can name the, all the, the Steves. The, the Steve namers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll do it like trade off, like fat boys vocal style. Steve. Right. Steve. Right. Yeah, Steve. one of us will Steve. just yeah, somebody Steve. Just that, Steve. That, that's the easy job. Is one of the guys in the fat boys named Steve? No. It'd be really funny if we talk about the fat boys the whole time and didn't name him during the Steve that would be segment. Great. Thank you for listening to Bear Friend Tea Party. Uh, I believe if you'd like to support us, I believe that um, the offer is still on the table of uh, $20. Uh, we will give $20 to the first person to call in, uh, write in, and um, ask for $20. At, at our email address, bearfriendteaparty at aol.com. And uh, also, don't forget to set up a Facebook fan page for us, and then... <laughs> Or a, whatever, post to that. Bear, uh, instant promote chat. us on Facebook. It, you know, it it's free for you to download Bear Friend Tea Party, but each episode costs us seven hundred thousand dollars to produce. Um, yeah. So if you really want to support us, you should go around, walk around town, saying Bear Friend Tea Party every six seconds for the rest of your life. <laughs> that, that, that is true. We did an algorithm, and that's that's the way that's the way it would, we would get done. Tell me a little bit about how rap is and how you guys got into it and how it just comes.
Since you guys are like Sheila E is, you know, different type of music, how was it working with Sheila E? I mean, it was a lot of fun, you know, because one day while we were with Sheila E, Prince came down, you know, he was really excited. She's a real nice lady. You, uh, like you want to be on <laughs> Fair Friends Night Party? <laughs> okay, uh, what's next for you guys? You can stand by music. I know you guys are acting now. Somebody raise <laughs> 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 Chill, 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 chill. 